this morning's message. Uh, we were away last weekend in Bristol with, um, uh, where's Zach and Rishma? Where's Zach and Rishma? They threw there, there's Rishma and George, and uh, to go to the church there to see um, there's a church in Bristol that started that wants to partner with us and work with us, which is really good, but then also, you know, the journey we've been on with Zach and Rishma, and they actually live in Western Supermare, so um, we stayed with them and then went to the church in Bristol in the morning, and on the Saturday we met with a couple who are looking at planting into uh, Scotland and who are currently in Wales, so we also had a connection there. But um, it was a really good time. It was lovely to spend some time with Zach and Rishma and George. And then we met Ike and, uh, Ike and Kathy. There are pictures now on the strings at the back of different churches, so you can see who they are as we pray for them. They're a lovely church family, lovely, lovely couple, uh, a little bit far from Zach and Rishma, so we need to continue to pray for Zach and Rishma that they can get uh, uh, find a church in Western Supermare for them. But we'll also be continuing to go out to both those places and just um, through the months ahead to, to minister and to build relationship there. So um, before, <clears throat> before I start this morning's message, I'm going to ask Katie to come up in a bit. Uh, Alan had a word this morning just before we started. He came to me and said he really just felt that God was going, wanting to move this morning uh, in people's lives. And uh, I think I'm getting it right. And he was reminded of, you know, how earlier on in the summer when the ground was really, really dry and, and really almost cracked-like, uh, and now we've got the soft rain that's softening it, that God wants to move and bring change, but it's up to us as to whether we allow him to do that. So you can either put an umbrella up and be protected from the rain, or you can put the umbrella down and allow God to come and move and impact and transform us. I think that's the gist of it. Wonderful. Um, and Alan's just on the sound. That's why he isn't bringing it, because we need these kind of two things. But Katie, won't you also just come and share that word you gave me this morning? Yeah, so um, I, Rob and I have been working our way through um, a different um, this, uh, Torah. I can't think of the actual word that I'm supposed to say. Um, but the, it was, uh, we're in uh, Numbers, and we had just read yesterday about the Gadites and the Reubenites. And they were the two tribes of Israel that asked Moses um, as they were approaching um, the Jordan, if they could stay on the east side of the Jordan, because what they th- found in Gilead was that that was a, had fertile fields and they felt that they wanted to make their home there. And that was just as they were about to cross over <laughs> and take the promised land. And I just felt God put that on my heart for us, that he's calling us in, basically into his promises and yet there's a sense of maybe some hearts that are saying, well, I want to stay on this bit that I can predict and know what it's like, even though it's not the fullness of the promise that is to come. And I just feel like God is just wanting to um, challenge, I think, us to say, are we willing to trust him for his promises that he has and the fullness of all that that means? Um, or do we, are we choosing to resist and settle for the thing that he's not wanting us to have? Wasn't there another part? Yes. And there was also, um, I felt that God also was saying, um, just in various conversations, me and Rob have had this conversation this weekend about, there's a scripture that says, beware of the little foxes that are coming into the garden. And I just felt that um, that's a conversation I've been having regularly with people of these things that are getting in, and they're small things, but they shouldn't be in, and those small things will distract and lead us astray. So we just need to keep our eyes open and be um, 
just really aware of what's going on and what voices we're listening to and what things we're letting into our gardens. Wonderful. Fantastic. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to launch straight in this morning. Father, I thank you that you speak. Lord, we come this morning with ears that are open to hear and we ask that you would continue to minister to us in Jesus' name. Both of those words speak directly into or confirm what I felt for this morning. So we've finished our mini-series on the ingredients of a base church and praying about this morning and what I felt God wanted us to bring. We kind of go, probably a standalone one this morning, but I really feel God is wanting to meet us and encounter us, for us to encounter him and how we respond. And often we can come to church and we just come to church meetings and gatherings. But I encourage you this morning, we sang it this morning, that God, let everything that's not of you be stripped away. That this is where I come. This is where I'm coming to lay my life down. And this morning, I'd encourage you to say, actually, God, come and meet with me. Not kind of I'm just going through the motions, but an expectation that God will and wants to and does meet with us. But this morning that we come with that expectation as well and of faith that God would, be the, God would transform us. And so this morning as we look at these different things, I think we need to come with a heart and a spirit that's open that we choose before anything else to respond to everything that God says with yes. Too often I think we come with an expectation and then as soon as God starts speaking, we respond with well, conditions. Actually, we need to be those that if we follow God wholeheartedly, if we devote ourselves to him, we choose to respond before he speaks to everything he says with a yes, because he is always for us. And, um, and so we're going to look at this morning, if you take notes and want a title, you can put it Potter and Clay is what you can put down as your title. Have you ever said, why me? Or maybe, why not me? Or why them? Or what's gone on? And, or, or, or what if? If only I could, if only that. Do you know those? And I think pretty much everybody goes through that where, where we ask those questions at some point. Or, or, or maybe it's more personal and it's, it's really just a dissatisfaction with where you're at. I'm not talking about a, a holy dissatisfaction. I think that we should have a, a holy dissatisfaction of this is who we are, but this is not who God's called us to be or what God's called us to. And so there's that sense of dissatisfaction with con- being content with what God is giving. But, so I'm not talking of that. I'm talking about that desire to be something different, the desire to be, to have something else, or that God, God, why on earth did you allow that? Or why on earth has this happened to me? And it could be internal, it could be external, it could be sin, it could be from wise decisions, it could be from stupid decisions, it could be your past, it could be self-inflicted, all sorts of different things. And we, we kind of get this point where we say, God, why me? What, what, why not them or or why them and not me kind of thing and uh, we seem to have this insatiable propensity to not be satisfied with who we are or what we have or what God has given or 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 who or what goes on around us I remember many many years ago a number of decades in the last century (laughs) um, when I was young uh, I went backpacking around Europe 
uh, on my own. This is before I was, I was a single, and um, I came to uh, I came to the UK because I can, and um, and I travelled around Europe, um, and I thought, right, this is it. I'm here on my own. I ventured beyond my nation of birth. No, I know no one. I can start. I can reinvent myself. Have you ever thought of doing that? You kind of think, actually, and that was the perfect opportunity because I was, I was young, I was single, I had all the money I needed and more. It was just, I was just backpacking and having fun. I thought, here we, and you know what the problem is? I was the same on the inside, so it didn't happen. No matter how much you try on the outside, you might think, well, I can reinvent myself. I can be everything I didn't, I wasn't when I grew up. I can be everything I wanted to be or, and it doesn't happen. Why? Because you're the same on the inside. Because no matter what we try from the outside, no matter what we try with clever thinking or positive thinking or changing this or changing that, you cannot change yourself without God doing the work. I don't care what people say. I don't care what psychologists, pop psychologists, Christian psychologists, you can, if it is not from God... You cannot change. We know that. Otherwise, we would have changed many, many decades, millennia ago. Jesus wouldn't have had to have come and everything else. But the fact is, we are fallen. We are sinful. We live in a fallen world. We cannot change apart from God working in us. No matter how much you want to reinvent yourself, no matter how much you think, well, I wish I wasn't like this. The only place we can do that is in the presence of God with the power of the Holy Spirit coming and working in us. And our response has to be one of surrender, one of humility, one of repentance, one of walking faithfully with God. Because we're the same on the inside until God changes us. On the inside, doesn't matter what you put on the outside, doesn't matter what, how you dress, where you go, what you say. If it doesn't change on the inside, it doesn't change. I don't know if that's got anything to do with this morning, but preparing for this morning, God reminded me of these passages of Scripture. And if you have a Bible, won't you turn with me to them? The first is Jeremiah chapter eighteen, and they they all linked. But I really just felt God lay on my heart these scriptures and this context for this morning. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 1. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot that he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot and shaped it. As he seemed, as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. And then he goes on to speak into that. Then Isaiah chapter 64 from verse 8 says this, Yet, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hands. Then in Romans chapter 9 from verse second half of verse 20 or verse 20 But who are you O man to talk back to God shall what is formed say to him who formed it why did you make me like this does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes 
and some for common use. The principle here that I've already felt God wanted us to remember this morning is that of the potter and the clay, that he is the potter and we are the clay. In every single one of those, it speaks about that. And he's speaking about the fact that he is the master potter. He is the one who fashions and forms. And we are the clay which he fashions and forms. As he decides best. Not as we want, but as he decides best. He fashions and forms it, and we are transformed by him. Now I know the principle, and we know we know the principle, that God is the one who decides the exact time and places that we to live for his glory and for his purposes. But this makes it more personal. This takes it into the issues that we face. You see, in, in, in um, Psalm 16, verse 6, it speaks about the fact that uh, our boundaries have fallen in pleasant places. And so often we can fight against those things. We wish for something else. God, why did you not? And we just like that passage in Romans, the one who says to the potter, why did you make me like this? Or why did this happen? And you know that Ecclesiastes tells us that we can't understand the fullness of God's purposes. We can't understand the fullness of what God does or why. That's the mystery of God. And yet he's the one who is the potter that fashions and forms us. There are two parts. We can look again at the scriptures, but there are two parts that I think we need to remember. The first is that of the potter. The potter is the one who is in control. The potter is the one who decides what he fashions and forms. The potter is the one who knows best. The potter is the one who's not ignorant of our lives. The things we've faced, the trials, the fears, the failings, the successes, he's not ignorant of those things. But he determines what we need, when we need it, and how we to implement those things. That's the potter. That's not us. We're the clay. The clay is what is fashioned and formed. The clay is what needs to be pliable in the hands of the potter. The clay is what is molded and created by him that means that we are the clay and we surrender to him and allow him to fashion and form us. And that clay might be marred. But he fashions and forms and recreates. And that's us. He's the potter, we're the clay. The other truth is that the potter is the father and we are his children. So everything he does, he does as a father for his children. Now let's remember that as we look back at Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 18 that we read Some points I want us to bring through, first and foremost, is this, is that Jeremiah goes down and he saw the potter working at the wheel. And it said that the potter, he was working, and the pot he was forming was marred in his hands. So he formed it into something else as it seemed best for him. And God says, can I not do with a pot can I do with you as I did there? See, the thing here is that pot that he was forming was marred. Marred means that it's scarred, blemished, or, or, or damaged in some way. 
And so that's the same as us. Sometimes we can feel, most of us, all of us, are marred in some way. We are broken. We have issues from the past, scars, damage, all of those things. It could be stuff that we've done ourselves that have then mean that we're in that state. It could be scars from others. It could be a past that we, we don't want to know about. Maybe we f- feel we bought it on ourselves, and maybe that's true, or maybe it's not. But we might feel that we are marred, like this pot that was marred. And, and, if, and if we live in that, then there's bitterness and unforgiveness and there's pain and there's all of those things. But note what the potter did. The potter didn't look and see, well, this thing's marred, so I'm chucking it out. The potter didn't discard the pot, didn't throw it out and start again. The potter fashioned and formed it with his hands, which is an incredibly personal, intimate thing. I don't know if you've ever used clay on a wheel. I have it at different places at school and everything else where, where you create and, and there's pressure and everything else. But he fashioned and formed and reformed this same pot again into something else. And the interesting thing is that which was marred was not thrown away but reformed. And when you reform a marred pot like he did... That, those imperfections, those cracks, those are no longer visible. So I think we need to understand that in our lives as we come to God, the potter, and surrender to Him, with everything that is broken, with everything that is pain, with whatever's gone on, Today, yesterday, long ago, whatever it is that causes each one of us to be marred in any way, when we come and surrender to him, the potter, he can transform that in a way that it is no longer our identity. Now, I know there's that analogy, and I've preached and used it before. Uh, I think it's the correct term. Kensuke, China, you know when it breaks, and then they reform, and they fall, and they, um, uh, they take what is broken, and it is put together again with gold and resin, and so you have this beautiful thing. And I think sometimes we see that, and we miss the point. Because that's an incredible picture of God taking something that is broken and, and putting it back together. But I think too often as Christians we've taken that picture because we can identify with it. And we miss the point completely. We focus on the gold bits, the cracks, the broken, the scars. And we celebrate that those are fixed. And I think that's wrong. I think what we need to celebrate is that which is broken, God in his majesty has repaired, and now it is useful and whole again. And yes, those cracks are there, the the, the history of those are there, but that's not what we celebrate. I think too often believers focus on those things, those threads of gold, which is great and wonderful, but that's not the joy. The joy is that which was broken and shattered and useless, is now useful again. And this takes it a completely different route and takes that which is marred and reforms it so those aren't even visible. That speaks hugely into our lives. No matter what you faced, whether it was intentional or unintentional, whether it happened to you or you did it to yourself, or whatever's gone on in the past, whatever is 
hurt and whatever is broken, God is saying, I want to fashion and form you and reform so that which was marred and scarred and damaged is not even part of it. It's the same clay. So the same clay is there. But it's not visible. It's not your identity. It's not where you live. And we have a choice. Just like that word that Alan said this morning. We have a choice. Either we surrender to God and remove the umbrella and allow the reign of God to come and do that. Or we sit and live under that. Observing God move in others but not wanting to change And this morning we have a choice. You have a choice. You either remove the umbrella, stop playing the potter, and be the clay. Too often we try and be the potter. We we think we know how we should be repaired. We think we know how we should be or what we and we try and play God. And then we wonder why it doesn't work. Because we're not the potter, we're the clay. The potter doesn't change. He is always the same, always eternally, forever the same. It is us, the clay, that change. And too often we try and play the potter in our own lives, and we try and play the potter in other people's lives. Where we see other people that are marred, or they've done things, and what do we do? We try and fashion and form them and make them, or we remind them constantly of what has gone on before. And if that's you, this morning I think you need to be here from God that you need to stop reminding people of their past and let them live in the freedom of who God has created them to be, whole, healed, and completely changed. Because God doesn't hold the past against us when we come to Him. So how dare we ever hold that against someone else? Because if we do that, We are playing a very incorrect picture of God. And here's the thing. If you do that, know this. One day you will stand before God and give account for how you've played God with regard to other people's lives and their past. And I would much rather face man than God. So that seems harsh, but I think it's really important for us to understand. Because there's a one thing of us coming to God, allowing Him to fashion and form us. But we can't have one set of principles and way of living for ourselves and another set for how we respond to others. And we have to show the love of God as we humbly submit to Him and see how God forgives us. God heals us. God transforms us. God remolds us, that marred pot, into something else as he sees best. And yet, refuse to allow that for someone else. That's, I don't even know what the word is. It's just evil. That might not be the right word, but but you see what I'm saying? Because we are responsible for how we live. And so if there are things in your past that, are, that have brought pain, that have brought disappointment, that have, and that you feel like, God, why, why me? Can I ask you, with all grace and love, stop asking why and just go to Him. 
and surrender to him and allow him to fashion and form and reform and remold so that those things are no longer your identity. If we hold on to those, they become our identity. And it's not the identity God has for you. He's fashioning and forming into something new. And in the same way, if you've been doing that with other people, let them go. Let them go. Let them be healed. Let them be whole. But because the longer we try and remind people of their past, actually we, we, we somehow restrict them, but we also create bitterness within ourselves. And we become awful people to live with. So we need to forgive. We need to let people go. Let, let him, the potter, do the work. But whatever it is, whatever it is that, we, that has gone on, if, if you this morning, I, I've been praying this week that as I speak, that God would show us where the areas that we are marred or broken or, or scarred. And that this morning we would choose to step into that which he has for us and say, God, come and bring wholeness and healing as I forgive, as I let go, as I repent, as I surrender, as I submit myself to you. God, like we sang, everything that is not of you, let it fall away. And God, come by your spirit, by your, and in the hands of the potter, and let him fashion and form and reform so that that who you are is not made by or, or carries the identity of those things that have scarred. But that there's freedom and wholeness and fullness of life. So often over the years of ministry, I've been asked this question. What happens if I've messed up and I've missed it? What happens now I've done that and now I've lost my inheritance or lost the plan of God? And maybe you sit with that question in your heart. But you need to know this, God is bigger than you. God is bigger than me. God is bigger than those things. And remember this scripture, what it, God doesn't, okay, in, in the context of Israel who's speaking about their sin and how they had gone away and, and, and can he not reform and you see, just because he reformed it, that new vessel also had a purpose, also had worth. But he reformed it. And so the same is true for us. God is bigger than us. I don't believe our, the plan that God has for us is like a tightrope that one false move and we fall to our death. Actually, Scripture says it's a path that we walk. We get saved in an instant. We get saved made righteous in Jesus Christ. And then the rest of our lives is a journey, a path that we walk. The Psalms even tells us that the, His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And the amazing thing is that He leads us by His Spirit. So if we make a wrong turn, He guides us back. Why? Because He's a loving Father. If we reject Him and decide to wander off, we need to live with surrendered hearts to Him. So that if we recognize them, then He fashions and forms again. So even if you've done things in your past that you think, I've messed up, I've missed it, I've blown it, there's no hope, there's always hope. Because God is a God of hope and a God who forgives and a God who loves and a God who heals and a God who, who brings fullness of life. We've just got to read some scriptures of, of that goodness of God. Read Isaiah 61, 61. 
this week. Just go and read Isaiah 61 and see how God takes what was and brings it into the fullness of what he has for it. That we would be oaks of righteousness for him. He reforms the clay and we are the clay and he is the potter. So no matter what has gone on, God brings wholeness of life, fullness of life. Maybe thinking, well, I just don't like who I am. With, again, with all grace and love and everything else, can I just remind you of the passage in Romans that says, who are we to say to God what he can and cannot make? We know in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Ecclesiastes tells us that we can't understand the workings of God. But you see, God fashions and forms us, and he has created us. And yes, there are things that all of us need to change in our lives, but those things are things to do with attitude and heart and, and um, thinking and, and, and character. It's, it's not to do with other things. It's to do with how we follow Jesus and respond to him and live godly lives. And so actually as believers, when we understand that God has created us and fashioned and formed us and knit us together and you are fearfully and wonderfully made just who you are and that's incredible and have value and worth, that's wonderful because it's in God's sight and God's plan and God's purposes. So I would encourage you, I know that's sometimes hard for people, but stop asking God why and just surrender to him and say, God, you've created me like this. Show me what needs to be changed to become more like you, Jesus, on this journey that we live, so they can walk in fullness. But we need to be those who say, actually, I'm not going to let my past dictate who I am. But God, you're the one who determines. It's a passage in Deuteronomy that kind of lines up with what Katie brought this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 1. God speaks to the nation of Israel through Moses. They're at Mount Sinai. And um, they've been there for a while. And he says, you've camped at this mountain long enough. Break camp and advance and go and take hold of the promised land that I've promised to your forefathers. He says, you've stayed at this mountain long enough. Break camp and advance. And he says to them, go and take hold of and walk into the promised land. Which, again, later on, the passage that Katie was speaking of, after all the wanderings of the desert and everything else, there was still a group that didn't want to do that. Here's the thing is that I feel God saying this morning, there are some that have camped in their marred, damaged state long enough. You've stayed there long enough. It's time to move forward into what God has for you. The interesting thing about that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 1 is that they were at the mountain of the Lord. That's where they were. They were in God's presence. They were there. They camped there and God had taken them out of Egypt, but they hadn't yet gone into the promised land. So they were with God, but that wasn't God's best for them. It was this is where he had brought them to. They encountered him. It was Mount Sinai. It was all all the law was given and everything else. And yet that wasn't the end point. God still had the promised land for them to go into. So it is possible that we are saved, we live in the presence of God, yet with, that's not the fullness of what we to experience in Him. So this morning, I'd encourage you, whoever you are, whatever has gone on, today is the day that God says, I want to bring complete healing and wholeness. And I believe it's in the picture of that part that has reformed so that it is not part of your identity invisible, 
then God has called you. God knows what has gone on. Because we read scripture and we see that actually, no matter where we are, God is always with us. If we go through, I think it's Isaiah 40, 44, I think it is. If you go through the depths, I'm there. If you go through the fire, I'm there. Wherever and whatever you've gone through, God is with you. God is with you. And he knows the scars. He feels the pain of the scars. But he's also the one who heals and sets free and brings fullness of life so that those do not dictate who you are. We have a choice. Do we stand and live in that place of a marred pot and watch as God brings wholeness and healing to others and carry on saying, God, why me, why me? Or do we say, God, I don't understand. But I know that in all things you work together for the good of those who are called according to your purposes. So God, I don't understand. But I know you, my Father. And I know you have good for me. And I know you want wholeness. And so I step into that and say, God, come and move. God, come and move. God is the potter. We are the clay. We are not the potter, not for our own life or anybody's life. We are the clay. Don't settle for what, for what you have already in God when the promises are just over there on the other side of the Jordan. And that was a step of faith and trust. You see, the thing is, often, why, and I'm going to finish in a minute and then we're going to pray. Why do we so often want to play God and think we can fix it? It's not a trick question, but I think if we sit down and think about it, it's usually because we want to be in control. And do we trust God? We can say, God, we're full of faith, we have faith in you, we trust you. But if we trust God... Why don't we entrust our lives and others to God? When we try and fix it ourselves, it's because we think we can do it. But you can't. We can think through, and, and this is what, I mustn't get distracted, but sometimes I just think it, I'm so saddened uh, in despair, whatever it is, over Christians who teach and write books and all sorts of things that think, well, if you do it this way and that way, and here's a formula, and this is what you have to do, and, and by our own thinking, our own patterns, our own... And I think, how... And people buy into that. Believers. When it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. It's not, if, if you sow in the physical, the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. So in the spirit, you'll reap from the flesh. We can try all those techniques until you are blue in the face, until Jesus comes back. And you'll be going technique after technique after technique after technique. Why? Because it's not in that. 
It's in surrender to him. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit moving in us. It's the Spirit of God who brings life and transformation, not man, not man's ideas, not man's clever thinking. It is God and God alone. So it's time we surrender and say, God, come and do this. So I'm going to pray. I don't know if, Alan, if you can sort out some background music. Not for anything else except because I want to give us each, or I want to give us all the opportunity to respond. If you want someone to pray with you, if you think, God, you, then come to the front. And why we put the music on is so that you can have that conversation and pray without other people listening and hearing. That's, there's no super spiritual anything else. It's purely logistics because actually if you stand here, you can hear what someone's saying in the back corner. So that's why we do it. So just so you, you don't think I'm being weird. That's, it's just so there's background worship music so that there's a noise and you can have people pray for you and it's, and it's personal. But I, I, I really am convinced. I came this morning with a, an expectation that God was going to meet with people and bring transformation and take pots that are marred and reshape them completely. And then there was the word that don't settle but go through. It's a word of let God's rain come and fall on us, not we have that choice. This morning it's not coercion, it's not forcing, it's you have a choice. Respond to God and allow him to transform you. Or live as a marred pot with that identity. I'm going to pray, then Alan's going to put the music on, and if you want someone to pray with you, come to the front, we'll pray with you. If you want to just sit where you are, you're welcome to do that and just receive from God. Father God, I thank you that you are the potter and we are the clay. God, where we've played the potter, as it were, and tried to fix ourselves and others around us or reminded others, or even if we've discarded others because that they are marred. Lord, for those, Lord, we repent. But Father, this morning we ask that you would come and work in each one of our lives. Lord, where there are scars, where there is damage, where there are imperfections or caused by whatever, God, you know. This morning, God, with an expectation of wholeness and freedom, that picture of being reformed and reshaped by you, God, that's what we desire. Lord, I pray for freedom. Freedom from things that have bound and held and created identities that people have lived in. Freedom from those, Lord. Lord, where hearts are broken and bruised, Lord, this morning that you would come and bring freedom and fullness of life and hope. Lord, where people have lost a sense of, well, God's got a plan for me because I've messed up. God, this morning... I ask that you would meet with those people and reignite a passion for you and a hope in you because you fashioned and formed us. And where it's marred, you change and reform and there's always hope in you. God, come. Come by your Spirit and move among us. Alan, if you could just put some music on. If you need someone to pray with you, 
either find someone or come to the front and someone will pray with you. If you want to sit where you are and receive, you do that. If you want to go, I just ask that there's tea and coffee next door. If you just do that with, with sensitivity and respecting those who are receiving, just do it quietly, but you're welcome to go through if, if you need to. But don't go home today without letting God come and move and transform you.